I know we just started the prayer and fasting. We're one week in, but like Joe was saying, it's not too late to start, right? And one of the things that we started um, just a couple of days ago, maybe it was midweek, was we have a prayer point for every single day, right? Because I know sometimes it could feel like you're alone, like what am I supposed to pray for? What am I fasting for? So what we've added is we've added a point for every day. Right, so today would be Reno and Sparks. How many people know Reno and Sparks need some prayer, right? They need some fasting. Um, <laughs> but we have, a, we have a prayer point for every single day. And, and like Joe said, if you, if you mess up and you're like, man, I forgot or, or I was so hungry that I decided I needed to eat that, um, it's okay. You can make up for the next day, right? I know there's been times where it seems like when I'm fasting, that's when the good food shows up. Right, and I'm like, devil is a liar, right? Because uh, that should have came yesterday or maybe tomorrow, but today I'm fasting. But that's part of just saying, hey, you know what? I'm gonna set that aside. I'm gonna focus on God, right? And we also have something going on where we we're going through the Bible uh, this year, right? So we want us, we want you to join us going through the Bible. And there's many apps on many different websites on the YouVersion Bible app. Um, so find something that works for you. I know that the app that we've kind of presented doesn't work for everyone. For me personally, I have an email that comes to me every day, and it has a small devotional and then a Bible reading. So that's what works for me, right? But the point is, find something that works for you so you could go through the Bible in the year. And the reason we say that is because if we're believing that this is going to be the best year of your life, it has to be the best year of your life spiritually, right? In order for it to be the best year, it has to be the best year of your life spiritually. So you have to have spiritual principles in your life in order for it to be the best year of your life, right? And, and if anything, we need prayer, we need fasting, we need the Bible in our lives in this day. There's a lot of stuff going on, and without God's direction, without God's just basically speaking to us, right, we can get frustrated, we can get disappointed, and it, we could even get to the point where uh, we may not be living our best life. Yeah? Okay? So those are just some things that we're doing as a church. We want to encourage you. Uh, Joe also mentioned the men's uh, city group. Listen, if you're, the, if you're a, a male, if you're a man, please come join us for the Super Bowl. Um, all you have to do is show up. Even if your team's not playing, okay? Show up, okay? Listen, um, I've lived in Nevada now since 1996. And before I moved here, the Dallas Cowboys won three Super Bowls in four years, right? Since I've lived here, they haven't even been to the championship game. So I've said, okay, God, you brought me here. I need that team to start being good again, all right? But even if they're not in the Super Bowl this year, I'm going to be there, right? And, and that doesn't, that, that's not going to change whether I, I show up or not, right? But it, please, come join us February 12th, uh, right after uh, church. In fact, I think the game starts at 3, but please, come join us. We'll have that information for you next week, all right? But before we get into the message, let's pick up the offering. Um, so just kind of a couple of things. I know that this is something that Pastor Chris has said, and it's something that kind of became truth to me um, many, many years after I started tithing, right? Because I, I, was, I was raised in the church. So I was raised to give, to, to tithe. So not just to tithe, but also to have an offering, 
right? But I was raised to do that. But it just seemed like my finances were always a mess, even when I was tithing. And, and the reason they were a mess is because there was something I didn't understand. And that was that with tithing, you also have to have good stewardship, right? And sometimes we think if I tithe, it doesn't matter if I, if I have a budget, if I'm a good steward, God is still going to bless me. And how many people know that God will bless you, but if your finances are a mess, they're going to be a mess, right? So it's kind of, you need both those things. You need to be able to, to tithe and, and trust God with your finances, but you also need to do your part in also managing and being a good steward of what God has given to you. Otherwise, your finances are still going to be a mess, right, even with God's blessing. So one of the things that Pastor Chris says is give, save, and live on the rest, right? So give, save, and live on the rest. And I think those are three uh, things that can, can help us in this year. If we give, if we save, and if we live on the rest, we're going to also have a good year financially. Not just spiritually, but financially. Amen? So if we could put up the different ways that we, are, uh, we can give, right? We can give through text. We can give through uh, the envelope. If anybody gives through an envelope, please raise your hand. We'll have the ushers put an uh, envelope in your hand, right? And you can also give through our website, right? So let us pray here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for blessing us. Father God, we thank you that your hand of blessing and favor is over our lives. We thank you that this is going to be a great year, Lord God, for us. Lord God, that you're going to open up windows of blessing. You're going to give us opportunity, Lord God, to be able to do what you've called us to do, Lord. And that is blessed to be a blessing. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. We give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So today we're starting a new series. And it is called Driven by Eternity. Okay? Driven by by eternity. And I don't know if we've ever preached on eternity. As far as I know, I don't think we have. In my 25 plus years that we've been here, uh, that I've been here at Victory City Church, I don't think I've ever heard a, a message on eternity. But how many people know that eternity is something that we need to talk about? Because the Bible actually talks a lot about eternity. In fact, eternity is one of these things where it doesn't make sense to our natural mind. Right? When you think about eternity, we're talking about forever and ever and ever. And it's incomprehensible for us to understand that. Because something for something to last forever, it just, we can't understand that. We always have known things to start and to end. Right? But eternity is something that just goes on and on and on and on. In fact, the Bible says this in Job chapter 36, verse 26. The, the Living Bible, uh, if we could put that, it says, God is so great that we cannot begin to know him. No one can begin to understand eternity, right? So obviously we can know God, and that is through Jesus Christ, but eternity is not something that's going to make sense to us in our natural mind, right? But God has done something for us to be able to grasp eternity. The Bible says that he has put eternity in our heart, Okay, so this is what the Bible says in Ecclesiastics chapter 3, verse 11. It says that he has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, right? So he has set eternity in our heart. So what is not understood in our minds, God has placed in our hearts, 
right? So that is something to think about, right? That even though I can't understand it, it is in my heart. And the reason God has placed eternity in our hearts is because he is eternal. And everything that is with God, everything that is eternal is in God, right? So whatever is not in God is temporal, right? But he has been able to place that in us for us to understand him, for us to be able to have a relationship with him, right? So one of the things to, to remember, one of the things to think about is that eternity, right, is something that God, obviously God lives outside of time. So God lives outside of eternity. But one of the amazing things is because eternity is forever, right, uh, God is forever. So we understand that God is eternal. And, and how many people know that, that that's something that we can't understand is that God being just forever and ever. In fact, the Bible says that God is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He has no beginning. He has no end. He just lives, right? He lives outside of time. He lives outside of everything that we can comprehend. But the amazing thing about God is when he created us, he created us to have a relationship with him, right? And because he created us to have a relationship with, with him, he also has made us eternal beings. And we'll get into that in a bit, right? But God is eternal, and everything about God is eternal. In fact, whatever God says is eternal, right? If you were to read the book of Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that God spoke things into existence, and the things he spoke into existence are still kind of moving along, right? The universes that he spoke into existence are still expanding. How many people know that, right? They, they have not found the end of the universe, right? That means that whatever God speaks is still continually growing. It's still continually expanding. So whatever God says is eternal. And that brings us to his word. How many people know that this is God speaking, right? And whatever God says in his word is eternal. It does not change, right? If God says that we're blessed, how many people know that doesn't change? We're blessed. If God says we're healed, that doesn't change. We are healed. And it's amazing how many people will, will want to live outside of God's word, right? There's a lot of cultural thinking. There's a lot of thinking in present day that goes against God's word. And, and they'll say, well, the Bible is kind of for a different time. But how many people know that the Bible is for today? The Bible is for right now, and it's for you. Right? It doesn't differentiate between men and women, rich or poor. It doesn't differentiate between any human being other than it is for everyone. And what God says is forever. His word stands. It is something that we can, we can just put our, our, our faith in. Right, We can stand upon God's word knowing that it's unmovable, unshakable. And if we place our faith in God's word, God is faithful to do that which he said he would do, right? Because God cannot lie. If he was to lie, everything would collapse, right? Everything would cease to exist because he is eternal and what he says is eternal. So if he breaks his word, everything just kind of comes apart. So that's one of the things that we can always kind of base our faith in saying, God, if you're not faithful, this whole thing's gonna come apart anyhow. So I would rather just base my faith in you knowing that you're going to come through one way or another, right? Regardless of what it may be, right? If it's in God's word, 
God said it, it's going to be. Whether we like it or whether we don't, right? A lot of times we want to change God's word when we should be changing ourselves, right? Our way of thinking, our way of doing things, right? Where we line up to God's word because God's word is not going to line up to us, right? So we know that God is eternal. His word is eternal. And the third thing is that God's plans are eternal, right? How many of you know that God has a plan and it is eternal, right? It lasts forever and ever and ever. In fact, this is what Hebrews says, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. It says, so let us stop going over basic teachings about Christ again and again. So let me stop right there, okay? So the, the Hebrew uh, believers, right, if, if we were to read in, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, right, the, the writer of Hebrews is writing to, to the Hebrew believers, and he's telling them, listen, you should already be more mature than you are. You should already be, in fact, he says you should be teachers by now, right? But instead, we're having to go back to the basic teachings. We're having to go back to elementary truth, right? And, and we're going to go into what is elementary truth because a lot of times we're going to hear some of these things and, and people are like, really, that's basic? That's elementary? Because for me, that's deep, right? But how many people know, like, just like if you go to school and, and you start with reading, writing, and basic math, you can't advance, or you're not going to have a great education if you don't understand the basic of reading, writing, and basic math, right? You, you can't learn calculus if you don't understand addition and subtraction, right? You're not going to be able to read a, 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 a whole lot of material if, if you just don't know certain words, right? So it's basic stuff that is going to help us to build upon our Christian life, right? So this is what it is. So it says here in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, uh, Surely we do not need to start again with fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds. How many people know repenting is basic, right? It's repenting. It's basically turning from sin. That's what repentance is. It's turning your mind, right? Changing your way of thinking. Changing the way you do things, right? So it, it's a complete 180 from what you're doing. Right? So that's what repentance is. The second one is uh, placing your faith in God. Everyone know that's important, right? We, we just talked about how you could place your faith on a lot of things, but the best thing you can place your faith in is in God, right? And then he goes on to say about baptisms, right? Whether it be water baptism or the Holy Spirit, right? And then the laying on of hands, right? If you read the Old Testament, uh, even in the, some of the New Testament, there was the healing, and then when it came upon laying on of hands, it was basically... Uh, moving somebody into a blessing or a promotion, the resurrection of the dead. Some people know that we are awaiting the return of Christ, right? You may say, well, that's been said for 2000, over 2,000 years, and we're going to continue to say it because one day Christ will come back, right? And then the, the last one is the one we want to focus on is eternal judgments. So these are basic, fundamental teachings, right? Eternal judgments. And I, when you hear eternal judgments, people probably already are starting to think, okay, that doesn't sound very fun. It's probably going to get into some scary stuff now, right? But how many people know that God is a good God, right? And, and he is a God that not only loves, but he is love, right? So when we talk about elementary teachings and we focus on the eternal judgments, right, 
it's something that we need to understand because there's a lot of people that have a misunderstanding of what that means, right? In fact, if you were to just look at the early church, the, the, the apostles, they continually spoke about a different world, right? They continually spoke about, they understood that our lives weren't just what we lived here. Look, you can live to be 50, 70, 80, 100 years. And how many of you know that's just but a drop in the bucket in terms of eternity? Right? They understood that their life here mattered in terms of eternity. Right? Whatever they did here, it was going to matter in eternity. Right? So it, it wasn't so much about um, if they had accepted Christ. So we're not really necessarily, we're going to talk about that for a minute, but it's about what they had done after salvation, right? Because a lot of people, a lot of Christians, this is what happens with a lot of Christians that, that I've kind of come to realize, is they get saved and that's where they stop. Like, I've accepted Christ, I'm good to go to heaven. And yes, you will go to heaven, but there's a whole lot more after you get saved. And that's what we want to talk about t this morning, right? It's about what do you do after you're saved? Right, So we're not necessarily talking about where you spend eternity because if you've accepted Christ, we already know where you're going to spend eternity. But it's how you spend eternity. How are you going to spend eternity? Right, uh, Because there will be a judgment day. And that's something that sometimes scares some people. They're like, do you really have to talk about that? Right? Can't you talk about God's love? Or something that, that sounds a lot more just peaceful because... When you people hear judgment, they hear condemnation. But how many people know that that's not what this is talking about, right? When we talk about judgment, it's actually, if we could put that up there, I know I'm skipping screens, but it's the word krima, right? It's the word, it's the Greek word krima. And what it means is, is a decision resulting from an investigation, right? So when you think judgment, think of a decision resulting from an investigation. How many people can remember that now? Right? Maybe you could put that in your notes, right? Crema. It's the Greek word, right? It's a decision based upon an investigation. Right? So going back to what we said about the early church, they talked about eternity. They talked about that judgment day. And it wasn't something that scared them. In fact, it was something that gave them confidence. Because they already knew where they were going. They knew I'm gonna spend eternity with Christ. So that, that, that just, that's not something that scares me, right? But it's something that I think in present-day church, a lot of people don't have those foundational teachings that we just talked about in Hebrews 6. So they, they don't understand what that means. One of the popular misconceptions that, that people had, and this is something I was taught when I was growing up in the church, is that when you came to that judgment day, this movie was going to play about your life. And everyone was going to watch all the mistakes you had made, all the bad thoughts you had had, all the, the wrong things that you may have committed, right? And, and, and everybody was just going to, the whole world, right, was just going to be watching your whole life play out. And, and that's not in the Bible, right? In fact, the Bible says that all our sins are washed by the blood of Jesus, right? So that, that's not what we're talking about. So let, let's just put that on the side and say, if you've been taught that, that's not what this is what this is about, right? But th this is what Paul says, right? In, in Acts chapter 17, verse 30 to 31. He says, 
In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he has commanded all people everywhere to repent. Remember we said repent, which means to change your thinking, to turn your way of doing things, right? For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice. Whose justice? His justice, right? His rules. And, and that's something else that we probably need to mention is there's a lot of rules that, that we can kind of go by. In fact, if now, now that's... Um, I would say in this state and a couple other states that um, cannabis has been legalized. How many people know that if you here it may be legal, but if you were to go to another country where it's not legal, how many people know that's not going to fly? You, you you'll get arrested, probably get a death sentence, right? So what flew here in this state or a couple other states here in the United States, it's not going to work in other places. So you may say, but my rules in where I live says this. But how many people know that when you get to Judgment Day, we're not playing by your rules. We're playing by God's rules, right? And, and you say, well, what, what are his rules right here, right? This is, this is his rules. This is what he says. This is what he's going to judge us by. He's going to judge us by his word, right? So whatever you may be thinking, you may say, well, I don't, I don't agree with what the Bible says. You don't have to agree with it. When it comes to Judgment Day, the day of decision Based upon the investigation, God's going to be like, I'm going to make my decisions based on this right here. How many people know? So we, we have to make sure that we understand what he says and not what we think or what we want and what, what we, we like, right? So Paul is saying here uh, that he will judge the world with justice by the man. Can we go back? <coughs> by the man that he has appointed, which is Jesus, right? So we're being by Jesus. He has given proof to this to everyone by raising him from the dead, right? So Jesus is going to be our judge, and he's going to judge us according to his standards, his words, right? Not according to what we like, what we think, or what we want, right? It's going to be according to him. Now, if we go to the next one, Acts 24, 25. Now, this is talking about Paul, right? Now, at this time, Paul is arrested. He's wanting to go to Rome. He's been falsely arrested, but he's wanting to go to Rome. And he's having all these high officials kind of hear his, his defense. And in this particular time, uh, the governor Felix is, has brought him before him because he, he's wanting to free Paul. But the way he wants to free Paul is he wants a bribe. He's like, if you pay me, and then I'll free you. But Paul is like, I'm going to preach the gospel to you. So every time I, I come a, 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 in front of a high official, I'm going to preach the gospel. And this is what Paul said. Paul talked about righteousness self-control and the judgment to come right and felix was afraid he was afraid right i mean people know i mean he wasn't saved so felix should have been scared right but for us we, should, we we don't need to be scared right so there's there's like fear and then there's healthy fear and and if we've noticed anything in the last couple of days there should probably be some healthy fear about your driving Right, because there's some icy roads, and I've seen a lot of people get into a lot of accidents because they're just reckless. They're just like, I can drive like it's, you know, in July, and how many people know that's just not going to fly, right? You're going to slip and slide, and hopefully you don't wreck your vehicle or hit someone else, right? So that, that's a healthy fear, right? And, and having a healthy fear is not bad, right? Having that, that healthy fear of, hey, I need to be cautious. I need to be careful of how I'm, I, what I'm doing here. Because ultimately, there's going to be a price to pay. 
right? So Paul is speaking to Felix here, and like I said, he scares them, um, but it should not scare us, right? It should not scare us because ultimately there's two judgments, right? There's two judgments. The first judgment we'll talk about is the great white throne, right? And, and you don't want to be in that judgment, right? That's found in Revelations 20. You don't want to be in the judgment of the great white throne. And you say, well, what is the judgment of the great white throne? That is for unbelievers. There's no going back. There's no hope. It's fearsome, right? And those are for those that did not accept Jesus Christ. You could say, well, I, I've lived a good life. That's not going to get you into spending eternity with our creator, right? In fact, just last week, I was talking to somebody about Christ, and her response is, well, I'm a good person. And I said, well, okay, you're a good person. How much good do you need to have in order to get into heaven? Right? And, and, and if we were to balance the scales, and you're saying you're a good person, are we going off of what you think is good, or are we going off of what God thinks is good? Right? So there's so many questions about that, about, well, I'm good. I, I've, I've never done anything wrong. Have you lied? Have you cheated? Have you had bad thoughts? You know, we could go down the list, and, and they may not seem like big deals, but they're considered sin. And the Bible says that all men have sin. Romans 3.23, for all have sin, right, and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, and for the wages of sin is death, right? So the only way to pay the price of sin is through a perfect sacrifice, and since you've already committed sin, you're not that perfect sacrifice. There was only one perfect sacrifice in Jesus. So the way to escape the great white judgment is to accept Jesus Christ in your heart, right? And the Bible says that the, the, the book is going to be open, the book of life. And if your name is not found in the book of life, which means you didn't accept Christ, then the books, multiple books are going to be open. And those multiple books are going to basically reveal all your works, all of them. So now you're going to be judged on your works, which Christ cannot cover. And they're going to say, this is the debt you have, and you can't pay it. So there's only one place to go, right? But if you've accepted Christ, you have nothing to worry about, right? Some people know that's not what we're talking about today. Right? So I know some of you were like, can you please change the subject? <laughs> I don't want to think about that. <laughs> and I don't want to think about that. In fact, there's times where those thoughts have come into my mind, and I'm like, God, I don't understand it. I, I, I have other thoughts that I would like for it to happen. Right? One of the, the, the thoughts that has come to my mind is, well, God, does it have to be forever? Does it have to be for eternity? Could it just be for maybe 10 years or 100 years? And then maybe it's just like, disappears and vanishes and, and that's it but no it, it's for eternity and, and that that's something that should cause us to be I want to make sure that I'm building correct I want to make sure that I've made the right decision right so what we want to talk about today is the judgment for believers right the judgment for believers and and again that should give you confidence not not fear right because it's not really a judgment as much as it, it's a reward it's a reward. Now, when, when you think about the Greek words that, that are written, that's how the Bible was written. It's either Hebrew or Greek. The Greeks, pretty much all their words were either words that were military words 
or athletic words, right? So they were either something to do with the military or something to do with athletics. And in this particular case, if you were to just study this out, it's kind of like the ceremonies at the Olympics where you're going up to receive your medals. You're going up to receive your reward. So that's how you need to, to think about this particular judgment, right? It, it, it's more of like a competition of athletics where they're crowning you with your medals, your rewards, right? So, and, and we're going to be judged on two things, right? On how we built the kingdom and what we did with our lives, right? How we build the kingdom and what we did with our lives. How many people know that it's never too late to start, right? So if, if you're like, well, I'm kind of old, so I, I've, like, what, what's the point for me? There's still time, right? There's still time. So there is still time for you to do something so that you could have a reward. This is what 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 through 15. Is this okay? All right. Well, this is what it is. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 3, 10, verse 15. This is the assignment I was given, so this is what I'm talking about. Right? 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. It says, by the grace God has given me. This is Paul speaking, right? I lay a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building upon it. But every one should build with care. Remember we said that? You build with care. You're building with, with some sort of, of, of kind of just, I know that something's, I'm, I'm going to have to give an account for this, right? For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already been laid, which is Jesus Christ, right? So we build with care, and the foundation is Jesus. The next verse is here. It says, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, or you could say jewels, wood, hay, or stubble, their work will be shown for what it is because the day, the day, capital D, is talking about judgment day, will bring it to light. It will reveal with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Is that all there is or more? And what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it's burnt up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only one escaping through the flames. So it's saying this, that when we're, whatever we're doing, whether it be for the kingdom or for our lives, it's either gold, silver, costly stones, or you could say jewels, or on the other hand, wood, hay, stubble, right? And it's all going to be put through the fire. And the things that are going to survive are the gold, silver, and, and, and jewels, or costly stones, right? That is what's going to survive the fire. Everything else is going to be burnt up. And, and the Bible says here that that one will suffer great loss. doesn't mean that you're going to lose your salvation, but everything you worked for in your life is just going to go up in, in flames, right? But whatever, if you did it right, it's going to be there, right? And that's what you're going to have for eternity, so my, my, my point is this, for today's kind of message, is that um, we all have a choice to make of how we're building our lives. We all have a choice of what we're doing for eternity. You may just be happy to say, hey, I made it by the skin of my teeth, right? There's not a whole lot of skin, but I made it, right? Or you may say, hey, I want to have a reward because ultimately after salvation, what God, the, the salvation is a gift God gave to me. 
and afterwards it's my gift to God. I want to be able to say, God, this is my gift for you. This is how I live my life. I lived it to honor you. I lived it to be able to build your kingdom. Yeah? Right? C.S. Lewis. I didn't put it up there, but C.S. Lewis had a great, just a great statement he made. He said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were the ones who thought the most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one, right? So the ones that did the most were the ones that were thinking about the next world, right? They were the ones that were thinking about eternity. If, if you've never thought about eternity, today is a day to challenge you, to say, hey, it's time that we start thinking about tomorrow. It's time, it's time that we start, like Jesus said to his disciples, it's time for us to arise and to go from here, right? It is time for us to do what God has called us to do, right? Because we're not going to be judged according to um, how good we were. We're going to be called, we're, we're going to be judged according to what he called us to do, right? So if your calling is um, to be on the praise and worship team, how many people know that that's going to be your, your, your calling? That's going to be how you're going to be rewarded. Um, if, if my calling obviously is to be a, a pastor, a teacher, right? That's how I'm going to be judged. My personality is I'm more of an introvert, right? So I don't like attention. If it was up to me, I would be back there where Lonnie's at, right? But how many people know that I'm not going to give a response to that? I'm going to give a response to, did you fulfill the calling upon your life, right? And it may not even be ministerial. Your, life, your, your calling could be to be a school teacher, an accountant, a business owner, whatever God has called, it may just be to be a mom, right? Whatever your calling is, though, that is what you need to do, right? And you need to do the best you can at that, seeking God and saying, God, this is what you've placed upon my life. Let me live it in such a way that it honors you. Let me live it in such a way that, that I'm building your kingdom, that I'm reaching other people, right? Because like we mentioned before, eternal judgments, it's not something to fear, but it is an elementary principle. It is an elementary doctrine that we should all have in our lives where we're thinking about our next life, right? The Bible says that our life here on earth is but a mist, but a vapor, right? It's, it's, it goes by like that, right? And we need to understand that what have we done for the next world? What have we done to make an impact for the kingdom? So what, what I want to do uh, this, this evening, not this, I would say this evening, but this morning is, well, let, let me say one more thing before I end. Um, I, I don't know how long I've preached. Hopefully I went over a half hour. Um, but, <laughs> but, but let me, let me say this, okay? Because I, I have one more thing that, that kind of, had, kind of came to me last night or in part of it this morning, right? If you look at Matthew chapter 25, Right, Matthew 25, um, it's the story of the parables. And the Bible says that one was given five, one was given two, and one was given one, each according to his ability. Right, So each one was given a different one according to what they were able to do. The one that had five and the one that had two, they obviously brought more. They multiplied it. They, they doubled it. Right, And the one that had one, uh, he basically didn't do anything with it. 
right? So when we think of faithfulness, we think of you just showing up, being here. And people know, and, and that's important. You need to show up to church. You need to be there. That, that's a key thing. But in God's kingdom, the definition of faithfulness is are you profitable? Are you, can you multiply, right? And, and that's what we're talking about this morning is um, according to the gift and the calling and what God has placed upon your life, has it been profitable? Has it multiplied? Has, has it blessed other people than just yourself, right? Because that's what we're going to be judged by. That's what we're going to, to give an account for is what has been given to your life, did you make it profitable? And a lot of people are like, well, I just, I just want to just, I just want to go to church. I just want to be a good person. I just want to love Jesus. Well, if you really love Jesus, you would expand his kingdom, right? If you really cared about the, 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 basically what he wants to do, you would say, God, I have to step outside my comfort zone. And what, what does that mean? I don't know that, whatever that means to you, whatever God has spoken to you, I can't tell you what it is, right? But I just think of just, for instance, I'll use Angela as an example. Um, just because I, I know Angela and, and I know she won't mind. Um, but I remember a couple years ago, she was on the reach team, right? Which means she was basically a greeter at the door. And um, obviously the talent of praise and worship, the gift they got at place upon her, uh, maybe she knew about it, maybe she didn't. But once it was discovered, now we look at her up here. How many people know if she would have stayed at the door, God would have said, Angela, I called you to be on the praise and worship team. I called you to minister, to, to, to lead people into worship. And, and because maybe she, if they, we'll use the, the example of if she would have been fearful and scared and she would have been like, well, I just don't know. I just, you know, I just, I'm, I'm happy just greeting people. And God would have said, that's nice, but that's not what the, the, the call I had for you, right? The call I had for you was to do more, right? To be, lead people in worship, right? So there's a lot of times where you could say, well, I'm doing this, and that may be nice, but is that really what God has called you to do, right? There may be more. There may be more. And, and that's the point of, of this series is to um, step into God, all that God has for you. To make a difference for eternity. Amen? All right. Let us, let, let us all just stand up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this, this morning, Lord God, for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for challenging us to live for eternity, Lord God where we're not just living for our present day, but, Lord God, we're living for something greater. Thank you, Lord, for, for placing gifts and callings upon our lives. Lord God, we just pray that we would step out in confidence, that we would step out in boldness to do all that you've called us to do, Lord God, that we would live, Lord God, with, with a fear of you, Lord God, a healthy, honoring, respecting you, Lord God, knowing, Lord God, that we're building your kingdom, Lord God, giving you all honor and glory. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness, for your grace, Lord God, for saving us, Lord God. Lord God, where we don't have to face a judgment of eternal separation from you, but Lord God, we get to be in your presence from this day forward. And we just give you thanks, Lord God, for a great 2023, Lord God. We are believing that this is going to be the best year of our lives, Lord, because we're
And we just give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.